We thank the Lord for the wonderful message that Pastor Ray has shared last Sunday, which he shared to us the Fremenis of the Gospel. He mentioned my mga Fremenis pala. And he mentioned there's three kinds, those who are reducers, those who add something to the Gospel. Another kind of a Fremenis of the Gospel is a hypocrite. Ano mga ito? Those who pretending to understand the Gospel, yet they don't really understand what the Gospel is all about. And another kind of premise of the gospel are those cowards and the gullible. They are those who are afraid and ashamed of the gospel, and others are those who are easily persuaded by other belief. And Pastor Ray mentioned that such people do exist even in the church. And if we are not careful, it will influence our thinking, it will influence our life, it will influence the way we live our Christian faith. Hence, we need to be careful. And if we are, um, I would say, if we are not doctrinally grounded, and if we are living a shallow Christian faith, there will be a tendency, that there will be a danger that we can be, uh, our faith will be distorted. The way we live our Christian faith will not be according to God's Word but instead swayed by other persuasion. And I want to present to you two extremes where people will live and exercise their faith. Two kinds of extreme, how they would exercise their Christianity. And let me show you. One is the legalistic Christianity. And the other extreme, the other end, is those who are lawless Christianity. There are two ends, two extremes. One is legalistic Christianity and one is lawlessness. Those who, I will explain later. Those who live a legalistic Christianity are those Christians who, who have made, uh, they, they live a life with a lot of do and don'ts. Ang Christian faith nila, maraming list of do and don'ts. Eto mga Christian, uh, legalistic Christians, God's, what they do is they earn God's favor by doing good behavior. Dapat mabait siya. Parang si Santa Claus. These legalistic Christians are tendency, they try to gain God's love by earning it, by doing it, by trying to please Him more and more. And they reduce Christianity to a set of impossible rules. Ito yung one extreme of Christianity, legalistic. And the other one is lawless Christianity. One is that Christians live above the law. They don't need any guidelines as they are already forgiven and saved. Because they have been saved by God, because they have been forgiven by God, they will live by their own will and desire. They don't care. Ito yon yung walang, walang pake. And they willfully sin and openly breach God's commandments. So they are two, two extreme. One is those legalistic, and one are those who are lawless Christianity. And ask ourselves, where am I in this place? Where am I living my faith now? Am I a person who's legalistic the way I pursue my faith? Or am I the person who is lawless? Bahala na, safe naman ako, okay lang, gagawin ko lahat na gusto ko. Let's ask ourselves, where am I in this axis? At this end? Am I be in the center or tendency? Nag-swing ako. Or maybe you know somebody, a friend or a Christian friend who live in such extreme I remember a teacher of mine in his Bible school, sabi niya, hindi pa daw siya pumapasok sa movie theater. You know, many years ago, 
many, many, many years ago, ang Christian bawal pumasok sa movie? Eh bakit ngayon nanonood kayo? Bawal daw. Bawal manood ng ano ha? Made in. Eh bakit may nagposting sa few days ago, ang dami nanood ng Made in Makalang. Yan. Happy-happy pa. Baka may kaibigan kayo, oy sister, bakit ka nanood niyan? Kala ko ano ka? So, those legalistic. Oh, last time, bawal pumasok sa bilyaran. You know those rules? Bawal mani. Meron ta- bawal daw mag-make up. Last time, yes. Bawal mag-make up ang babae. Pupunta sa church. Pero tingnan mo yung katabi mo ngayon. Punong-puno ng make up. Oh. Parang may dibu. Pero kung last time, hindi ka pwedeng pumasok sa church. Tingnan mo yung, yung mga ano nyo, butas-butas pa nga yung mga pantalon ninyo. <laughs> last time, bawal yan. Try nyo, pumasok. Bawal yan. So there are tendency, we can go to the extreme legalistic. There's another one that goes to the extreme na wala, okay lang. Let's just, just go, to the, go with the flow. We don't care. Save naman ako eh. I'm forgiven. God loved me so much forever and ever. So whatever I do, God will forgive me. So I'll do whatever I want. Sister, don't correct me. Sabi ni, sabi ni Bon Jovi, it's my life. My body, my rules. So there is extreme. And at times, we absorb such thinking in, in our Christian faith. Those who live in a lawless Christianity, they will tag even spiritual discipline. They will say legalistic yan. Lahat legalistic. Ngayon, saan yung balance? Sometimes they will do it out of their, their flesh and desire. They no longer love and have the joy in the Lord. The question I want all of us to ask today How can we prevent ourselves from going to this extreme? Today, we will continue in our book of Galatians, and we'll be reading from Galatians chapter 2, verse 15 to 21. And we'll look at how Paul corrected the Jewish Christian in their belief. And as he corrected them, and as he guided them, because there was false teaching that time, he was pointing them to one thing that will help them be secured and steadfast in their faith. And I've entitled this sharing, Christ in me and I in Christ, crucified in Christ. And we'll be reading from Galatians chapter 5, uh, chapter 2, verse 15 to 21. And invite all of us to stand as we read God's Word, as we give reverence to God's Word. Galatians chapter 2, verse 15 to 21. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because of the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavors to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, in Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. 
For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God for its righteousness where through the law then Christ died for no purpose. Let's pray. Panginoon, we thank you for this afternoon that you have brought us together. We ask for your Holy Spirit to illuminate your word. May our hearts and mind be attentive to what you want to speak to us. If any one of us, Lord, need encouragement, Lord, I pray for your word will bring encouragement. And Lord, if any one of us need to be reminded, need to be convicted, I pray, Lord, as we look into your word, you will speak to us strongly so that there will be transformation in our life, not just information in our head, but there will be fruit in our life, a transformation because you are working in us. Panginoon, ang desire namin is we will go deeper in our walk with you. So we humbly ask that you come and take over and lead us as we look into your word today. Salamat, Panginoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, despite of this short reading that we have read today, these six verses is rich, is rich with doctrines and truth that's so important in our spiritual life. Some scholars suggest that these verses is the, the core statement of Paul theology. Some sabi nila, ito daw yung core niya, core belief ni Paul is highlighted in these six verses. And before we dive into the text, notice there are three, com- three common words that has been repeated in various times. And the three words are works of the law, faith in Jesus or in Christ or justified. Ito yung tatlong words na nagre-repeat if you read the text that we have uh, looked at. So let me just give uh, some simple definition and then we will dive into the text para clearer understanding natin. When it's mentioned works of the law, it refers to the works that is prescribed by the Torah. When I say Torah, is the law of Moses. You know, the Old Testament. They have laws. They, they written a lot of laws. And that's what the Jew, Jewish people were trying to push the Christian to follow. So works of the law, it means an act to perform, to conform to one's practices that's stated in the law of Moses. So ayan yung works of the law. Yung mga prescribed in the book of Torah, yung, I would say if you would use uh, language, yung Bible ng mga Hudyo. Kasi wala pang New Testament that time. And then the other word that was repeated is faith in Jesus. What does it mean? Faith in Jesus means to trust and to have confidence in Christ. It means to believe and accept Jesus fully with all our heart, mind, and to surrender our life. So ayun yung meaning. One works of the law means it speaks of the law that's listed in the Torah that they are called to obey. And the other is faith in Jesus means you trust Him and to have confidence in Him. And the last word that's been repeated is justified. Say justified. Say justified. Now what does it mean? Just, justification means God's action of pronouncing sinner's righteousness in His sight. 
is God's action of pronouncing sinners' righteousness in His sight. It's an act of imputing righteousness of Christ to a believer. Sabi niyo, okay, dahan-dahanin natin. Anong ibig sabihin yun? Ibig sabihin yun, when you surrendered your life to Jesus, when you said, Lord, you are my Savior, you are my Lord, and here's my heart, what happens is that they will change in you. You'll be awakened, you'll be their spiritual birth, birth in you. And now, as you surrendered your life to God, what happened? Christ's righteousness is imputed in you. It then, as Christ's righteousness is imputed in you, now you are standing rightfully in the presence of God. Maayos ang tingin ng Panginoon sa You're no longer seen as a sinner. But because of what Jesus has done, what Jesus has done is now you have His righteousness. Now you're standing righteous before God. And because of that justification, what happened? You are declared to fulfill God's law because of what Christ did. You are no longer liable of His punishment. You are set free from guilt. Importantly, because of justification, you stand in the right relationship with God. Take note, a holy God and a sinful man can never be placed together. But because of the work of Jesus Christ, we are cleansed, we are redeemed, now we are rest, restored to Him. And the only way we can really approach God is because of God. Christ works in us. And then yung justification. Now, why we can come to the Lord is because the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us. Ngayon sabi mo sa katabi mo, ano yun? Later we'll dive in how it will impact our life. If we have this understanding, what does justification mean? Now, if you read our text today, we can divide it into three sections. They are the basis of justification, second, the misconception, and the evidence of one that has been justified. And let's look firstly the basis of justification. If you read chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Galatians, you see Paul addressing the Galatian churches. He firstly addressed them, and then after that, he defended himself. Then after he defended his, himself, he, he, he rebuked them of what's happening, especially yung mga false teacher. But after he defended himself, he taught them the right understanding of their faith. After defending himself and highlighting the confrontation that he had, that look earlier verses, Paul had a problem with Peter, Barnabas, and the Jewish Christian in Antioch. Dahil sila ay sumusunod na nga sa mga Judaizers. Instead of following that they can be justified by faith in Christ, now they are doing the works again. Kaya if you read earlier verses, he was addressing Peter um, and Barnabas. Then as you continue on here, he continues his letter to the Jewish Christian, to the Galatian, by teaching them theological teaching regarding justification. And look at verse 16. The basis, he says here, Yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through the faith in Jesus Christ, so that we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ. And not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Gets?
Sinong hindi gets? Totoo. When I read this, I'm a bit confused. Parang repeated, tapos jumble up your words. Parang, anong sinasabi ni Paul? Anong gusto niyang i-emphasize? When I'm reading this, bakit? Again, and then, what, what, what he wants to express? What do he wants to stress? Now, when you read such verses, pause. Don't panic. Slowly read it. The reason why it's written this way is because Paul is using a specific literary approach. He wants to use certain approach of writing and using this approach to create an emphasis, repetition, and clarification. In ancient times, when you read letters, walang full stop. Yung mga Greek letters, walang full stop. In ancient time, walang bold. Alam niyo yung bold? Pag nagtatype ka, bold letters. Walang capital, capital. Kurari, galit ka sa asawa mo. Bumili ka ng toyo, capital lahat. You are not my friend, all capital. Pero pag small caps, at Asian time, walang ganun na emphasis. Walang full stop, walang bold, walang italic, walang underline. It's just characters. So here, the way at Asian time would like to emphasize a truth, they will use a literary approach. And one of them that they use is the chiastic structure. And I want to show you how this verse is developed. Look at this. First, it highlighted in yet the first one, yet no yet we know that the person is not justified. In the last part, because by the works of the law no one will be. And the next one. B by works of the law, and the other one, and not by the works of the law. Then C. But through faith in Jesus Christ, in order to see, in order to be justified by faith in Christ. And this the center of the message. So that we all have believed in Christ Jesus. When Asian people read the letter, they will read this way. And they will catch what is the central truth, what is the central emphasis of the letter. And the emphasis here is that, so we also have believed in Jesus Christ. When the word we, in, in this letter, he was addressing the Jewish Christian. He was telling that even though you have the Torah, even though you have the law of Moses, you can never be justified, you can never justify yourself in just obeying it because you can never reach the standard of God. Kaya, you can only be justified when you believe in Jesus Christ. See, Paul emphasizes that he highlights that both the Jewish and the Gentile can only be justified by faith in Jesus Christ. No one can be aligned to the standard of God. No one can reach it or no one can obtain it. And the only way that we can be justified to be made right in the eyes of God is when we believe in Jesus Christ. A few years ago, I have a boss and I told you one, one of us, hindi to hapon, I have a boss, um, and he told me he's a Christian. And sabi ko ba, how how you know you're a Christian? Because 
I made a lot of churches. Sabi, wow. What do you mean you made a lot of churches? He built a lot of churches in Nigeria. So, ang basis of his faith is because I've done something for the Lord. So, I'm a Christian. Guess nyo. My basis of why I'm, a, I'm, I'm in here, why I'm, I'm a Christian and I am accepted by God is because what? I build churches. Ibang lahi siya. So I know that something wrong in his face. You know, we can never attain, we can never please God with our own works. Kahit anak ka ng pastor, kahit si, maging sino ka man. We can never attain what God wants us to. We can never attain His standard. We will always miss the mark. We will always miss the mark. But Paul emphasizes the reason why you can stand righteous before God is because of what Jesus has done. He made a way for you. What you need to do is not to do the work or to exert work so that you can receive that blessing, but you simply just receive it. By faith in Christ Jesus. The only for us to be justified, to be made right, is when we believe in Christ Jesus. In not of what we can do or what we did in the past. It's because of the work of God in our lives. And it made us humble. Hindi tayo magmamayabang. It made us humble. It made us equal. Kaya tingnan mo yung katabi mo. Kahit mayabang yan. All of us, we can never boast of, of anything because of it's simply what God has done in our life. After Paul laid down the basis of justification, Paul now addressed the potential arguments of the Jewish Christian or the Judaizers. This leads us to second point, the misconception. Misconception. In verse 17 to 18, we read here, but if our endeavors to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners. Is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be transgressors. When I read this, it took me hours to understand what Paul was writing. Sabi ko, anong sinasabi niya? No, to, com- to understand and to comprehend what he's saying, we must understand what Paul was responding to, what he's responding to. You see, Paul was being accused. Paul was being accused that he is promoting sin. He's bashers. Yung mga accusers niya, yung mga Judaizers, is shooting Paul and saying, Ikaw, Paul, you're, you're promoting sin. And the accusers were against this teaching, the justification by faith in Christ alone. Because why? Because they believe, these accusers believe that Paul is promoting lawlessness. Why? Because he's no longer emphasizing the need to abide to fulfill the law. Remember, the law define them as people. It dictates their spirituality, their morality in their culture. So, etong accusers, sinasabi na, ikaw, Paul, mali yung mga tinuturo mo. You are promoting sin. You are promoting sin. And this is how the, uh, the logic in the argument of the accusers, let me show you in the next slide, it says here, so, ang sabi nila is it, if God declares 
people's righteousness for free by faith in Christ without law, won't everyone go on sinning? When you offer this teaching without doing the law, surely they would just go and sin. The argument of accuser, another one says, removing the law as one of the requirements of being justified, people will surely live in sinful ways. Kasi nga ang tinuturo niya, you don't need to do the, the law, but you just need to believe. And here Paul, and he was being accused for this. And because of this, ang assumption nila is this, because of this, therefore, Jesus is leading us to sin as He has rejected the practice of the law. Pero ang sabi ni Paul, anong sabi ni Paul? Sabi niya, certainly not. Paul defended Christ. Paul proclaimed that Jesus does not lead us to sin. And he even explained that if he ever rejected the, word of Christ, the work of Christ and returned to his old way, what will happen? He will be simply practicing the law again and he will be sinning. Kaya verse 18 sabi doon, For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. Ngayon may mga basher si Paul. Sinasabi kay Paul, Paul, mali yung tinuturo mo. Ang kailangan ng tao for them to be saved is to do the law plus Jesus. But we know that's not right. For us to be saved, we just need to believe in Christ Jesus. You know, one time when we were still in Orchard in YWCA, I went and joined the evangelistic team for evangelism sa Orchard. Remember, Gulong-Gulong Park? Who no Gulong-Gulong Park? Taas kamay. Gulong-Gulong Park. Sinong gumulong doon? <laughs> Gulong-Gulong Park is where Ion stand. You see Ion? That's the real Gulong-Gulong Park. Bakit Gulong-Gulong Park yon? Dahil maraming gumugulong doon. You get what it means. Nagugulungan sila doon. So, when we went there and evangelized and shared tracks and we went, we went meron kami na-encounter isang sister. Sabi niya, ay brother, Christian din po kami. We have the same God. Sabi, wow. Praise the Lord. So, tinanong namin, may kasama ako. So, tinanong namin, how do you know that you're saved? Sabi nung sister, may t-shirt pa siya. Maganda t-shirts niya. Jesus loves you. So, how do you know you're saved? And sabi ng sister, hindi ko alam. Kasi baka bukas magkasala ako. Baka hindi ko alam. Kasi pag nagkasala ako, baka hindi na ako pumunta sa seven. So, you see her doctrine, her teaching, is no longer by the work of Christ, but now He's by work. By work. And some of us living that way. We have misunderstanding. You know, a person that's living and understand what Christ did, that we've been justified by, by, in, by faith in Christ. If we truly understand what it means, you will understand the beauty, the ability, that what we have in the Lord. You know, if you try to live your faith by your own work, by your own ability, you know what happened? By your human effort, you will never please God. 
you will get tired. Not is too Christian. One person is trying to strive his, her best to, to, to exercise her faith. She, she's living a life by her own strength, self-motivation. Alam mo yung mga ganon natapagod. Pag nagkasala, full of guilt, full of frustration, there will be fluctuation in the spirituality. A person who does not understand what Christ did, he will live and try to do so much in her faith, in his faith, to gain the favor of God. At the end, that person will be tired, frustrated, and guilty. But a person who understood what Christ did, that person will rest in the promise of God. That he have that spirit. No longer he be self-motivated, but rather he is Christ-motivated. His focus is in the Lord. He trusts God, and as he trusts God, he lives to please God, not because of what he can do, but because of what God can do in him and through him. And that person, how he will live? He's full of joy, thankfulness. That person is full of love and service. I realize ang isang Christian parang nagda-drive. Wow na ako ha. Nakita na kayo ng bagong driver? Sasakay ka? <laughs> ang bagong driver, very cautious yan. Tingin, tingin, tingin. Tingin. Pero yung expert na driver, isang kamay, relax. A person who's maturing will be relaxed. But you see, a person who's not maturing, tendency frustrated palagi. Because he's doing by his own his or her own effort and faith niya. Person who's merculing in faith is one who's stable. Yung emotion niya hindi nagpa-fluctuate. Or the way her, her, that person walk in his spiritual life, hindi nagpa-fluctuate. Nagbabago. For example, last year, ang ikaw pumupunta lang kang church once a month. No, once a year. Pero binago ni Lord, next year, two, two, twice a year, twice a year ka na pumunta sa church. Pero nagbabago, change ka. Pero a person who's not maturing, erratic, depende sa mood. Betende kung feel niya o ayoko. Makakita ko na naman yung sister na ayoko muka. Very erratic. A person that's living in the Lord, in the help of God, will not exercise by his own strength, but the help of the Holy Spirit that's working in him. And this leads me to the third point. See, the misconception. They thought that if they would just believe Christ, they would go to sin. But here, and Paul emphasized and showed to these accusers the truth by telling them his life. And this last point, the evidence of a justified life. In verse 19 to 20, it reads here, For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live. To God, 
I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life now I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, as you read this verse, you can see the evidence of a person that had been justified by faith in Christ. It's not just simply change of status in the eyes of God, but there will be a transformation of life. Binago siya. Someone that has been united in Christ will never be a same person again. Someone who would experience God, he would experience changes in his life. Someone who experienced Jesus, there will be transformation in their newness of life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, it says here, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation, the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. And here at this part, Paul is telling them, here's my evidence. Now you're telling me, you're accusing me that if we put my faith in Christ, we will live in lawlessness. No, 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 look at my life now. My life now is under Christ, now it's under God. Because I no longer that I live, but guys is that one lives in me. And if you look at these verses, notice how, how Paul relates his new life with Christ. With this new union with Christ, he recognized two things. He recognized that Jesus is his Savior and Jesus is Lord. Look at this. I died to the law. And, and he said here, I have crucified. I've been crucified with Christ. When he said, I died to the law, Paul understood that the law itself could not save because no one can keep the standard of God. Paul knew that the law is completely is, will, is capable of giving salvation, that the, only will, the law will only expose human hopelessness. And when Paul experienced Jesus in his life, when he experienced salvation, his life was turned around. From a person that living in law, remember his past. He lived a law-centered life. He will do it by the book. But now because he experienced Jesus, he's now living a Christ-centered life. And that's why Paul declared, I've died to the law. I will no longer return to that because now I found the way that I can spear salvation. It is not by doing the law but because I have Jesus in my life. And the second there, I've been crucified with Christ, means union with Christ in, that shares His death, His burial, and resurrection. In Romans chapter 6, verse 3 to 4, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We have been buried before Him by baptism into death in order that just Christ has raised from the dead by the glory of Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. When we have surrendered our life, when we, we, when we recognize Jesus as our Lord, Savior, not only we receive the change in Him, but we also crucified our own life. You know, I was reading some of your testimony. At times when I would speak to you, kami mga pastor na, kami mga testimony niyo, we heard how the Lord has changed your life. Some of you love to party, party. Alam mo, pastor, na, nasa ano ako palagi LP. Party, party, party. But the Lord transformed your life. Changed you. You crucified your old self. And I praise God for that. And I believe God is still doing the same thing to the people who are lost. So first thing, Paul recognized Jesus 
as a Savior. Second, Jesus, Paul recognized Jesus as Lord. In verse 20, he says, It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Because of what Christ did, the transformation is more than just moral. The transformation is not just behavioral. The change is from the inside. You know, a person that has been truly justified by faith in Christ would live a life of surrender. Surrender to the Lord that will recognize Christ as his ruler and one that will lead his life. I want you to ponder what it, does it mean to you? It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Let's just pause. What does it mean to you right now? What does it mean to you? I no longer I who live, but Christ lives with me. Sino sa among you, ito ang memory verse nyo? Mukhang wala. Mahirap maging memory verse yan. Ang gusto natin, Jeremiah 29. Gusto natin masarap. Pero ito, you know, we are in team of discipleship. I'm not saying Jeremiah 29 is bad, but balansahin natin ang ating faith and our walk. If you want to go deeper in your discipleship, then you have to really eat meat, not just drinking milk. And here is one of the meat that calls us to grow deeper if we decide to go deeper in our walk in the Lord, you would take time and pause and say, Lord, I want to live for you. When was the last time you just paused in your busy schedule and said, Lord, am I living for you or living for myself? When was the last time you just paused and said, Lord, it seems that I've been living a self-centered life and not living a Christ-centered life. I asked myself too as I was preparing this, Lord, am I living in my life for my own? Or am I seeking your will? Oh Lord, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You know, a brother approached me this morning, sabi, Pastor, he challenged me in church, yan ang memory verse natin this week. Sabi ko, wow, why not? Hanggang ma-eternalize at maging magbagong ating puso. Sabihin natin, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You know, I was speaking to a teacher of mine sa school. Sabi ko, I was speaking, I, I'm, I'm excited what the Lord will do in Living Word Fellowship. I was speaking to a teacher of mine. Sabi ko, you know, I'm excited what God will do. Alam ko, maraming umalis, may paalis sa church kasi mag, mag, hindi contento sa Singapore, gusto pang mag-abroad uli. So, yeah, maraming uuwi. But you know, I'm still excited what God would do. And I'm, God reminded me the way how I should look the church. I should not look at the congregation as kitten, but I should look at each one of you as lion. Kaya tingnan mo yung katabi mo, sabihin mo, Roar.
As lion, what, 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 Ruel, what, what you're saying? Pastor, ano sinasabi mo? We are 25 years old as church. And I believe some of us in His place, God is called for greater things. God reminded me that I should not just treat you like baby anymore. Hindi yung pa-baby forever. Matagal ka ng Christian, pa-baby ka pa rin, nakasimangot ka pa rin. Two years, three years na yung issue, ganun ka pa rin. How many years, Christian? I should look at Living Word Fellowship as lion. Next year, t-shirt natin, may lion. May lion. <laughs> Bibili ako lang ako sa Lakaplasa na madaming t-shirt. I should look at Living Word Fellowship, a lion, no longer pa-bebe. We should mature, we're 25 years old, and something that, when you're 25 and still si spoon feed ka pa rin, anak, may pawis ka sa likod. You're not maturing. So that deep in my heart, that's what's happening in my heart. I'm just pouring out my heart to you. Living with fellowship, we should mature in Christ. And for us to decide, and then this should be our memory verse. I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. So I ask my teacher, teacher, I desire for living, I tell my teacher, I desire for living word fellowship to have pastors and missionary. That's my desire. I will not look any longer outside, but I will look from within. Maraming IBI graduates dito, maraming SOL graduate dito. I know God has placed people in this place with that passion, with that talent, with that gifting. But I need Lord. I wanted people to rise up and look at themselves in the mirror that I'm a lion for Christ. So I'm telling the teacher, pero may, may ano lang ako ah. Kinakausap ko siya, teacher, ganun na. Hindi ganito. <laughs> so I'm telling the teacher, teacher, tell me, do you have any books? Do you have any teaching material? Do you have any way that I can just encourage? Kasi maraming na problema, maraming issues, maraming people to be rich outside. There are people who are broken outside, tapos dito nag-aaway-aaway tayo. We're not growing. Because our focus is what? Ourself, not in Christ. So I'm telling the teacher, but yung mga story ko parang ganun ano. You know, I'm telling my, that my teacher, teacher, tell me, is there any way that I can encourage the church so that they will discern their calling? If any one of them are called for pastorship, what should I do? Do you have any books or conference or teaching material? What should I give them? So I asked the teacher. He said, I said, I want living word. I believe people are here gifted. They are all lions. And you know what the teacher said? Ruel. You are wrong. Don't look for pastors or missionary. Don't teach them how to be pastor or missionary. What you need to teach them is this. 
teach them how to surrender their life. Because if they can surrender their life for God, no matter where they go, may they be a pastor, maybe in their office place, maybe in business place, no matter where they go, they will just do what God calls them to do and they will just be faithful in their calling. So, Ruel, what you're going to teach your people is this. Teach them how to surrender their life to God. I pray that we will take this text right. That I no longer who live, but Christ lives in me. And now I now live for the flesh. I live my faith in the Son of God. Take time to say, Lord, am I living for you or living for what I want? Am I treating you like an ATM? I come to you when I need you. Transform my heart so that I can do your will and purpose in my life. I saw this quote, it says here. My old life, my old goals and plans, even old relationship nailed to the cross with Christ. Now I have a new life because Christ came in and filled the empty spaces that those old pursuits could not fill. Now He lives in me in the focus and He is the focus of my life. This new life is lived every day, every moment, through every season by faith. The object of our faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why Paul can do it? Because he understood in the last verse there, he says there, it's because he understood God's love. And that sacrifice says there, who loved me and gave himself for me. The reason why he was able to surrender his life, not forcefully, because he understood the grace and the mercy of God in his life. And his response to that mercy, to the sacrifice of Jesus, is his life. That's why he was able to say, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ lives in me. As I conclude, we have discussed the basis of justification and even the misconception. And we concluded it with the evidence of a life that's been transformed and changed by God. You know, when I look at chapter 1 and chapter 2, I was pondering why Peter and Barnabas and even the Jewish Christian were easily swayed by the false teacher. And as we're pondering it on that, it should be a warning to all of us. We can too make the same mistake. We can be swayed. And earlier on, I showed you a chart, the extreme kind of Christianity, one who live in legalistic, one who live in lawlessness. And the only way that will prevent us from going to extreme is when we set our eyes 
on our Savior and our Lord. When our constant focus is in Him, who is the perfecter of our faith. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've gone through, God is calling you today to come back. You might have lived a life lawless. Or maybe you have lived a life very legalistic. You're just doing, going to church every week out of routine. One way to solve that is look upon our Lord. A person who's legalistic needs a Savior. A person who is lawless needs a Lord that will guide and lead his life. Brothers and sisters, for us not to go and be swayed, look upon our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this afternoon that you have brought us to just look upon your word. Some of us here, Lord, are struggling with our faith. Some of us has become legalistic. I pray that you would transform our heart as we see your grace more and more. If any one of us, Lord, have lived life not prioritizing you, not prioritizing your will and your purpose and live a life with lawlessness, with apathy. Lord, I pray that you revive that heart and draw us back to you. Lord, revive us. May you open our hearts and our eyes to see that we need you. You are our Savior and you are our Lord. Teach us so that we may live no longer us that live, but Christ live in us. That as we mature in our faith, less of us will be seen, but more of you, God, will be visible in our lives. Help us, O oh Lord, that what we have learned today will not just be information, but there will be transformation from within. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Help us, Lord. We worship you. Christ is my reward. Set free. 
thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your love. We don't deserve them. Yet, Lord, you reach out to each one of us. And Lord, I pray that our response is to surrender our life to you. Lord, it might not be easy, but we thank you for your spirit, for your Holy Spirit that will work from inside us. And we thank you for your word that leads us to your truth. I just want to pray for a few of you. Some of you are struggling in following Christ. Maybe personal. Maybe the past issues. Lord, you see all our hearts today. If anyone, Lord, is struggling in our faith, in our walk, remind us to run to you. Remind us, Lord, to come back to you because you're full of mercy and grace. If any one of us, Lord, is struggling, Lord, in following your will in our life, thank you for your promise that you will be there. That you will empower us with your spirit to persevere. If any one of us, Lord, here, because of our heart has been wayward, have lost the passion, Lord, for you. I pray that you revive all our hearts, God, so that we may follow you not out of obligation, but because of love, because you have first loved us. We thank you, Lord. And the reason why we want to follow you is because you have loved us. with unfailing love. Before I end with the benediction, let's just sing that chorus I have decided. I have decided to follow Jesus No turning back No turning back I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Let's just raise a hand and receive the benediction. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, 
giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Lord, we thank You for this day that You have brought us together. I pray that You would remind us to persevere, not by our own ability and strength, but because of Your Spirit, because of Your grace that's working in each one of us. Remind each one of us and challenge us that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We thank you and we will face this brand new week with great anticipation, with excitement because you are with us. Salamat Panginoon, we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say, Amen. Amen. And amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you for those who join us online. God bless you and hopefully to see you next week. Thank you everyone. Just turn to the person beside you.